Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school, you're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the Brooklyn Solarium. So, folks, um... I want to take some time today uh, to pick up where I left off on yesterday's Woke Wednesday uh, with my conversation uh, about Whoopi Goldberg and her recent suspension from ABC, uh, given her comments about the Holocaust. Now, I really am having a lot of issues with this desire to silence people and instead of using comments as a teachable moment and putting people like Whoopi Goldberg in the same category as a Marjorie Taylor Greene or a Joe Rogan um, and other people on the far radical right who are anti-Semites, who are racist, um, who are the tools uh, uh, of white supremacy. And the problem that I have is in this country, we are at a critical juncture, right? Which you all know. The desire to ban books, ban discussion, ban curriculum, to suppress votes, to shut women up, to take away their ability to choose, all of these things that are happening are connected. And the problem that I have is that what the right wing consistently does is that they create these issues, this much ado about nothing. They use black people, people of color, people from uh, multiple marginalized groups as their battering ram, which is the case with Whoopi Goldberg. Did Whoopi Goldberg misspeak when she said that the Holocaust was not about race? Yes. Do most people believe that the Holocaust was more so about faith and religion than it was about race? Yes, because that's actually what we're taught, right? Um, we don't have a very broad um, 
understanding of race outside of the context of American racism, which is white folks over here, black people, and then the group of POC, right? Uh, The POC blob that we put over there. And so there was an opportunity and continues to be an opportunity not to suspend Whoopi Goldberg as if she had said something or is spreading lies or misinformation in a vindictive, manipulative, cruel, and intentional way, as opposed to let me as, you know, the executive producer of The View or the network of ABC model for America, how we have difficult conversations, how we don't see each other as the enemy or as the villain, but instead can see this as an opportunity to expand conversations about anti-Semitism, about the, uh, about the construct of race, right? And how we, how it is used, how it is used as a tool for white supremacists to be able to pit marginalized and oppressed groups against each other while they reign supreme, right? Like, and so when we are seeing right now, these, uh, what is happening in Virginia, uh, with Yunkin's Virginia and the desire to ban curriculum under the guise of parental control. But it is, what is it at its core? The ability to erase and whitewash history and present white people, the Christian faith, in a particular light while ignoring, demeaning, or just fully um, invisibilizing everyone else who had a part in the American story right? In creating the American narrative, right? White people don't own that, right? Christian people don't own that. And so here we have this situation that has been, in my humble opinion, and I will use uh, my co-host on Democracy-ish, Wajahat Ali, which if you're not listening to Democracy-ish, which comes out uh, today, uh, on all of the podcast platforms, you should. It's a weekly conversation that I have with the brilliant Wajahat Ali. And he said, you know, what white supremacy wants is for those of us that are melanated, those of us that pray different, love, love different, look different, all of these things to be the sidekicks in our own story, right? That we have no backstory. We have no real connection to the fabric of America, right? Other than being there for white people's entertainment, right? Or to be their scapegoat or to be a combination of the two. And so I, I, I think that this cancellation um, is not something let's be honest, that probably a majority of people from the Jewish faith wanted, right? Uh, It was an overcorrection by ABC um, based on the hysteria that was created by the radical right um, as a way to pit, I believe, black people and Jewish people who have had a tenuous historical relationship against one another. And get this, guess who gets to win? The white supremacists, right? Because while we are busy attacking each other, they're reigning supreme. You know, the other thing that has come up is this conversation around, well, look at Joe Rogan and how come he's not canceled, blah, blah, blah. Because 
The radical right does not give a fuck right? They don't care if their people are anti-Semitic. They don't care if their people are, as a matter of fact, it bodes better for them with their red base and their racist base. If they hold up these people as martyrs, like they're looking at Joe Rogan, the hundred million dollar podcast man and saying, Oh, they're trying to cancel and silence him. He has tens of millions of listeners who are listening to the bullshit lies that he is spreading about a global health pandemic. He is actually a danger to society at this critical juncture, right? And yet you have Whoopi Goldberg being placed in the same bushel as these people that are actively trying to mislead people, to misguide them, right? That are actively uh, orating such horrific stereotypes right? That are leading to the rise in anti-Semitism and hate crimes across the board. And so it's like, why can't we have these conversations? Why can't we walk and chew gum at the same time? Why is having a misstep, right? Not an opportunity, not to punish people, but to teach them. And how are we, if we're not truly understanding who our allies are and who the villains are, then how are we fighting this war that the radical right is waging against common sense, against truth, against facts, right? And against everyone who doesn't subscribe to their scarcity, white supremacist, violent ideology. I'm so confused folks. And I'm just like, and by confused, I mean, just pissed off. Like I'm tired of the bullshit. I really am. I find it exhausting. And when I saw Whoopi Goldberg's name trending, I was just like, oh my God, she couldn't possibly have said something like horrific, right? Could she? After all of these years, all of the, all of this knowing, all of this learning. And when I read it and heard it, and again, I am not part of the aggrieved community, but I can say as an educator, right, um, that there is an opportunity to model conversation, right, for the purpose of expansiveness and to really hone our critical thinking skills as opposed to just erasing conversation from the jump set, right? Because here's what happened. You have a school district in Tennessee, which is looking to erase the Holocaust from history, right? From their curriculum. What kind of adverse effect is that going to have for these generations of students that will not learn about this atrocious period in our history, the not knowing, right? The purposeful undereducation and miseducation is going to have long-term effects on our country. And I don't just mean it in the, oh, well, we won't know about each other. I'm talking about it to our workforce, to our ability to be globally competitive, right? Um, what happens when you take away critical thinking, when you don't teach it, when you don't teach young people to question. And now you hold up others as an example as to why you even can't have missteps or ask questions. And then what does that do? 
It allows people to have false ideology and false beliefs, right? That are based on stereotypes and just keeps them quiet. Talking to other people that think like them, as opposed to exposing them to a different way to think, to an expansive philosophy, to a deeper understanding of what race actually is and the construct and how it has been used as a political tool, right? And a violent tool. I just, I, 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 I'm so sick and tired of this, of this, of this country. And, you know, one of the reasons why I had, I went into the classroom was for this reason. How are we building up a global citizenry? How are we, um, expanding and strengthening the minds of tomorrow to become the leaders and the innovators and the change makers, right? Like, and the representatives, what does, what does our country look like with all of this whitewashing and bubblegum education? It's not going to bode well. Um, coming up next folks, uh, I get into conversation with columnist at the Grio, uh, returning guest, Michael Harriet to talk about his article, uh, about Joe Rogan and white boys, right? And what it is that they're able to get away with and the conversations that they have that the rest of us do not. And whether or not, right, we should be looking to eradicate, um, these people as opposed to figuring out how to understand them. If there is an understanding to be had, it's an interesting conversation that we, that, um, Michael and I get into, and I'll be excited to hear what you all think. So please do let me know in the comment section or tweet me out, um, or hit me up on, on Instagram and tell me what you think of the conversation. And you can check out, uh, Michael's writing at the Grio, the Grio.com, uh, G-R-I-O.com. Friends, I am very happy to welcome back to Woke AF Michael Harriet, who is a columnist at the Grio and wrote a piece on January 21st entitled The Problem with the Joe Rogan and White Boys. Michael, welcome back. And your article hit a lot of nerves um, with a lot of folks and spoke a lot of truth. Why is Joe Rogan such a problem? Like what, what, other than the fact that he is, you know, the hundred million dollar man for Spotify, he is considered one of the most consequential, if not the most consequential podcaster on the globe. Um, and yet he spreads so much, so much misinformation What is, what is, what is your major gripe with him and, and his followers who I don't even think are as bright as he is? Okay. Well, uh, first of all, I wouldn't say that I had a gripe, uh, with Joe Rogan. No, I, I no, say, no, no. I say, I say that I have a gripe with Joe Rogan and that's why I won't put where I do not, not you. Go ahead. Well, I'll say that, that there is a problem with Joe Rogan and. I know it seems like, you know, people on the internet will say, well, that's just clickbait or that's just, uh, you know, somebody trying to be hyperbolic. But I really feel like most of the problem with Joe Rogan is that he is a white dude. Hmm. Right. So so when 
like first of all, let me preface it with saying like I've listened to hundreds, literally hundreds of episodes of Joe Rogan. If you know, I, I'm not a Spotify subscriber. If I was a Spotify subscriber, I would probably still be listening to Joe Rogan because, you know, as someone who writes about uh, right wing issues and racism, I don't think you could write about anything if you don't carefully examine and, and listen to the other side without an open mind. But that's not why I just I just found him interesting. But even when he had people who I didn't agree with on his podcast, I would still listen to him. And ultimately what I think Joe Rogan is, is he's a very curious person, right? Mm -hmm. And his podcast is him sitting down with, you know, someone who he finds interesting and talking to him for like three hours, right? So a lot of times, uh, many of the people who he finds interesting are people who are toxic, right? And, you know, when you think about Joe Rogan, he is a uh, UFC commentator. If you know his backstory, you know, he was into Taekwondo since he was, you know, like a little kid. He is a mm -hmm. pretty liberal person uh, if you, you know, listen to him a lot. But I think him and a lot of people in his audience, you know, if you look at the demographics of his audience, it is predominantly white, predominantly young white males. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those people, when they have that, you know, that affinity for being edgy, right? Um, he is a comedian who's known for being edgy, being, you know, uh, aggressive. A lot of those people are susceptible to white supremacy. This is the same group that, like, the alt, what we used to call the alt-right recruits from, like, white supremacists. That's who they recruit because they have this danger uh, this this edginess to them that they they court danger. You know, there's a friend of mine who is a poet who talks about like uh, black people don't need to ski down the side of a volcano because we could just drive our car past the police, <laughs> right? Right. Like, but same amount sense, of danger right? and fear, right? And it sounds like a joke, but in a sense, like that's mm -hmm. the same kind of of danger that they lack in their lives that they court. They court. Mm. It, it gets their heart pumping. You know. Uh, and so when you listen to Joe Rogan, he will invite these people on who have ideas like, uh, you know, like uh, Graham Hancock, who is a so-called Egyptologist who believes that the pyramids are over 5,000 years old. He thinks their the accurate date is 12,000 years old, as do a lot of archaeologists. And there are, you know, uh, people, he'll have people on who are just comedians. Some of them are just his friends. And some of them are people who experiment with, uh, you know, I tried ayahuasca because of Joe Rogan, after listening to Joe Rogan, right? And uh, so so it's a bunch of disparate, interesting stuff. But when he gets to talking about race, he really doesn't know what he talk, he's talking about. And again, it's because... He is a white dude, right? So you can play along or tamper with these toxic ideas and examine them in the public view while millions, tens of millions of people are listening. Because if you say something wrong, it don't affect you, right? Right? Like, it's mm -hmm, just like, mm -hmm. uh, to him, 
you know, racism is no different than a pyramid in Egypt, right? It is interesting. Okay, it's, it's something that interests him, right? And he has a lot of different uh, interests. Well, when you listen to him talk about race, one of the reasons that I had to stop listening to him is because not knowing what he talks about, it perpetuates this idea to his listeners because just like, you know, one of the reasons people are now holding him accountable is because of COVID. So he'll have just regular people on who kind of sound smart talking about COVID and it'll be misinformation or disinformation. Well, you know, there are hundreds of scientists out here now who are talking about COVID, who are giving out the right information. But his listeners might not necessarily hear somebody talk that correctly about race, right? So when he says, for instance, and this is the exact reason I stopped listening, I I had to turn him off one day, as he was talking about the uh, lawsuit at Harvard uh, where Asian students sued Harvard for discrimination. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said that, you know, it's it's racism. And I was screaming at the radio, no, like, you don't understand what racism is. Like, what they're arguing is that the system that Harvard has in place, they adhere to that system, but they it's not benefiting them like it benefits white people. But the truth is, right, a private institution can structure its admissions policy any way it wants right Mm -hmm. um and joe rogan would know that though right joe rogan would know that when you are considering admitting someone to college and because these asian students you know they you know they allege that they are being kept out of harvard um to admit like affirmative action black people hispanic people and i want to show them that you know when you talk about who letting the best students in, right? You can't calculate that by SAT scores, right? Because the studies show like there's a mountain of data that shows that the people who earn the most money score the best on the SATs. It doesn't really have anything to do with how much you know. In fact, uh, uh, students with high incomes and whose parents our college graduates tend to score the most. It's it's more of a marker of how much your parents earn than what you. Yeah, it's in more school. of a, of cl- right. of class, right? Of right. class and 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 access. Mm-hmm. And Asian Americans are the highest earners in America, not excluding white people. They earn more on average than white people. Right? And the fact is that the av- most American child black children attend schools that are underfunded, most of them. Mm-hmm. It's like 66% of, of black children attend majority black schools, and majority of black schools are, are underfunded uh, Are underfunded about, about $2,266 per student. Um, so you can't discount that when you're talking about the best students, right? right? These schools, black schools generally don't have the resources to have for instance, uh, AP biology program or AT, AP uh, U.S. history program. So you're judging them on a sliding scale, right, where it is really about money. And we know that the SAT 
doesn't predict predict success in college, right? Mm -hmm. It just predicts the success for the first year, right? So you're you're when you're talking about racism, and this is a good example. It, it you're not you don't know what you're talking about. You haven't considered all of the factors because you got to consider this right. Is if if a student from a majority black underfunded school gets a thirteen twenty on the SAT, and an Asian American student gets a fourteen hundred on the SAT while attending the best school, the best and school. having the mm-hmm. being able to afford the best test prep, then who is the better student? Right. The one that had most to overcome right. in order to get in order to get even remotely close to the score that you got easily. Right. And it's, it's like just it- like your your breakdown of that is so important because when we have these like arbitrary 50,000 foot conversations, particularly around college entrance, all of those other factors are not taken into consideration when we're talking about being, quote unquote, well-rounded. Right. Like what is what does that actually mean? So to me, yes, that student, the black student at the underfunded school that managed to get a 1320 when statistically that was going to be like a, a moonshot should be the one that's lavished with all of the things. Because if you were given even half of what the Asian student had or the white student had, then that shows me that you would be able to leap over them by leaps and bounds. Right. It's if, like if, if, if you were watching an Olympic race mm-hmm. and, you know, the white kid won and the black kid was like 0.02 seconds behind them. And then at the end of the race, after the finish line, you realize that the black kid had a weighted vest on his back. Then you could all you could say that the white kid won, but he wasn't the fastest runner. Now, if you were trying to choose the fastest runner versus the person who got to the finish line first. Those are two different things, right? And then, you know, there's so many more things. Like, you can't talk about education in a silo, right? Because you have to also consider this. Even if you're not talking about uh, private schools like how, like Harvard, when you're talking about public uh, institutions. Well, take Alabama, for instance. Uh, my, my, the, I, I attended college at Auburn University, the largest public institution in Auburn. It's 4% black, right? Mm-hmm. So Alabama is 27% black. So what it what that means is you're taking all of those black people's tax money and giving it to white kids, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not just doing that in the college, but because you do that on the the K through 12 level, you can say, oh, man, we just want the best students when we get to college. Because you gave all of that money to the white kids, right? Mm-hmm. And, you, and you have to consider those things. And you have to, there's like too many factors to consider to just call, just to reduce it down to a simple idea of racism. Joe Rogan doesn't know these things. But if you don't include those things, all of the people listening will say, Man, they just letting black kids in because they are black. They don't get they don't achieve as much as the white students. And there is really that perception. And the reason that perception exists is because people they've heard that so 
many times that then you don't even consider the fact that aside from the educational aspects of it, right, and the achievement aspects of it, right, there's a, there are studies that show that the people who get in to Harvard and Ivy League schools through the biggest loopholes are what they call ALDCs, right? So there's athletic scholarships, legacy students, children of, uh, of faculty and staff, and the what they call a dean's exception, right? People the dean knows that have a lot of money, right? Those people are disproportionately white. And I know you're thinking, well, you know, athletic scholarships. Well, when you think about athletic scholarships, people don't realize that you're not really talking about black. White kids get most of the athletic scholarships. You got football, basketball, and that's it. The tennis scholarships, the golf scholarships, the baseball scholarships, the gymnastic scholarships, the soccer team scholarships, all of those are going to the white kids. The forensic scholarships at schools like Harvard, those are going to the white kids. So the people who are really displacing the Asian American students are the rich white kids, right, who already have the resources. And so talking about this specific topic in a silo, which Joe Rogan would do, he doesn't understand. And I and that's the point of, of that conversation is when you compare it to COVID, right, he doesn't, he doesn't know what he's talking about with COVID. Joe Rogan was not a doctor. So when you invite somebody on to have this conversation with Joe Rogan about COVID, and they also are not a doctor, and they also have this skewed point, but the listeners hear a smart person using big words to talk about this, this topic that they've thought a lot about, then they assume, oh, I heard it. I learned it from Joe Rogan, right? So is it, is it Michael, that... All of the people, the doctors, the medical professionals, I'm ju- just just on this point, nobody asked for Joe Rogan to be removed from Spotify, right? Because that that is like a huge misnomer. What they asked for was a disclaimer before and after the program to essentially highlight the fact that much in the same way that I've been calling for, you know, the FCC to do with Fox News, this is for your entertainment, right? This is not for your education. This is not for your betterment. And, and I wonder if like, is this, is this the point to where we are and why he is different than let's say a Howard Stern was 30 years before him, right? That like, it was, it was very evident that a Howard Stern was for entertainment that did the shock jock thing that did all of these things, but he wasn't out there sitting down casually having coffee with the leaders of the proud boys. He wasn't sitting down and talking about in vector, in, in, in ingesting horse medication. He wasn't talking in the midst of a pandemic, telling people not to actively pursue a vaccination that would keep them well. And so is it the fact that we don't need, we can't remove every Joe Rogan from the universe, but that we should have a disclaimer and that would make it better? I think a disclaimer would help. But again, Joe Rogan's listeners, I don't know how much it would help because Joe Rogan's listeners really believe that he is quote unquote, addressing something that you won't hear on the mainstream news or from the mainstream media or that the mainstream media is keeping away from you. Right. Like just like they believe that the, you know, the 
academic world is keeping from you. They won't tell you how old the pyramids really are, right? They won't tell you that mushrooms won't hurt you. They won't tell you that weed is not a not a, a addictive drug, right? So if you hear the stuff about the pyramids and you hear the stuff about mushrooms and you hear the stuff about drugs and it is for Joe Rogan's intellectual curiosity and then the next program is about COVID or the next program is about black people, then it seems as if that he is exploring a topic that has been purposely hidden from you. And Mm -hmm. I don't know Mm -hmm. how much a disclaimer would help because they would, they would, his listeners would automatically say, yeah, that's what they made him do. So you won't Because they're censoring him. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Not even censoring, like, because they don't want you to know the real truth. Right. They want to make you believe that he's just exploring these topics because, but uh, it's not real. So they put that disclaimer, but we know it's real. Right. I just, I mean, then what are we doing? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, if you can't, you can no longer move people out of their very narrowed thinking because they have found a voice and a hero in this man, right? And they identify with him and they feel community and connected with him. And we're out here trying to fight against the global health pandemic, try to fight against the rise of white supremacy, and you have no friend or no favor in this person, then what are we to do? Like, because if it, if it isn't about the disclaimers and the calling for more truthful information or to ha- diversify your guest list or what have you, and there's still this desire to get, you know, to somehow bring these people out of this like cultish like thinking, and that's not going to happen, then what, like, what are we doing? What do you think is there is there a solution or is it just just to let these people very much go with God? Well, yeah, I think you know for I th- I think there's always been a Joe Rogan uh in American history, right? Or throughout history, whether it is, you know, people who believe in white Jesus or people who believe that uh if you allow black kids to go to school with white kids, that they'll pass along diseases or they'll rape the little white girls or they'll hold the kids back. Right. They're, they're always been, they've always been these people who uh, just, just spread misinformation to appeal to a large white audience, right? Whether it's Billy Graham or Rush Limbaugh or, you know, there's a million names we can we can cite, right? Um, so I don't know. I think it's on us to realize. Oh, there's always going to be a Joe Rogan, right? Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if you ne- if it's if we can censor him because because the internet exists, right? Like he was right. Spotify gave him all that money, but he was doing this long before Spotify even existed. He was you know one of the original three or four podcasts. Right. So I I don't I don't even know. Sometimes there are sometimes there are no answers. Right. Yeah. Problems. Right. Like, I don't know if there is an answer to a lot of the problems that we face today. I think what people can do is exactly what you're doing, talking about them, 
let people know that oh you know he's crazy right or you know <laughs> right that, like, you know you're not st- alone <laughs> or no, some of the stuff that he said he has no idea what he's talking about but i don't think that there is a solution where we are going to stop joe rogan from reaching people or to make the people who believe joe rogan realize that they need to do some because i mean that's i mean i'm going to do my own research is the reason we're even here right so so i i don't know if there is a clean solution to it i just think we just got to talk about it and somebody's got to say it you know i think that you know michael that is so very true uh and very real and i'm sitting here and i'm thinking i'm just like yeah you know, maybe there isn't the clean solution, a solution, the right solution to a lot of the things that we are facing. And so then the question is, where does that leave us? Does it just leave us in conversation? Does it leave people wanting to stick their heads in the, in the sand and just forget about it because there is no solution? And so whatever happens will happen? Or do we figure out in conversation with one another how to mitigate, you know, the pain, the cruelty, the frustration, the sadness uh, that we're faced with on a day-to-day basis. I think a part of it is, like, I am, have been thinking about writing this piece for a long time about, uh, you know, even before this Joe Rogan thing uh, rose up, about, you know, voter suppression and police brutality and with the idea of what if this is just who America is, right? Like they've mm-hmm. always suppressed black voters. Police in America have always disproportionately killed black people. Um, you know, there's always been racism and white supremacy in America. And maybe this is who America is. Like, and instead mm-hmm. of saying, man, I wish I could figure out a way for me to stop it from raining outside. Maybe we just gotta start, oh, we, every time we gotta go outside, we just gotta have an umbrella, right? An umbrella. So we just gotta know that when we go outside, it's probably mm-hmm. gonna rain, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, there's going, there are going to be racists out there. There are going to be, there's going to be misinformation out there about every disease, right? Like, you, I can remember, remember when people thought only gay people got AIDS. Yeah. Right. And and we know that's not true now, right? But there's still a lot of people who believe that. Like if you got AIDS, you must have been, you know, messed up. And so sometimes it's necessary to put the right information out there and the, the, the counter it. But you do that on the margins, knowing that like we ain't gonna never stop people from being racist. I don't believe that we'll ever stop white people from being racist in America. I don't think we'll ever stop because it's it's too much of an advantage, right? Like we know that part of the reason why Republicans do the things that they do is not because they believe black people are inherently lesser than white people. That's part of it. But part of it is it's just one a political advantage and it's expedient yeah. to disenfranchise black people because we vote for the opposite party. Right. So I don't even know if, if, if there's a solution except for us to recognize that, oh, this is who America is. Right. Like if you got a cousin who steals out of your pocketbook 
every time they come to your house, right? You can keep trying to find a solution to say, oh man, I'm going to watch you or, but maybe you should just hide your purse. Right. Right. (laughs) I mean, you got to I know. I know. You're, you're right. You're right. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You can't watch them all the time. You can't necessarily always try and change behavior. You can't always try and recourse people because we have over centuries, over so many goddamn years. Yeah. Maybe you just carry an umbrella and hide your purse. Like maybe that is this, because you know, I I say that you say that and you know, it sounds funny, but it's like, otherwise I feel crazy. Right. Otherwise, it's the craziness of trying to write an impossible thing to write. Right. Do you know, like you would need it. You need a time machine. Right. And not only that. Right. But it is trying to fight crazy with logic. Right. Like you can't talk down somebody who believes that like black people are inferior to them because they were born, their ancestors were born on a certain part of the planet, right? Let them go with God, right? Because if you believe, for instance, that black people were forbidden, from, like there were whole legislatures that had to write laws that stopped black people from learning how to read. And then after slavery, black people built all of these institutions to, to educate themselves. And then black people sent their children to be spat on by white people to get an equal education. So if you believe that black people don't value education, for instance, there is no way that I can talk you down out of that illogical, stupid thing that you believe, right? There's no way to fight that kind of illogic. So what the only thing there is to do is to, like I said, put on a raincoat. Hide your purse because you know that those people are out there. They're going to steal the money out of your pocketbook. Michael Harriet, let me tell you something. The gems that you drop on a regular basis, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Put on a raincoat. I really, yeah, I, it's like, it's, it's, it's a weight lifted off. It really, it really is. I think that we really need to think about it. And think about what we're trying to do, what we're doing, what we're in conversation for, right? And do what what can be done and 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 leave the rest. I genuinely appreciate you, your writing, and the time that you take um, to join Woke AF. Uh, please tell folks where they can find you and where they can read more about all of these things and really sit with the questions that we discussed today. Uh, I write for The Griot. I'm a columnist at The Griot. I also write a bi-monthly column for The Guardian. And you can find me on all social media at Michael Harriet. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-H-A-R-R-I-O-T. Two R's, one T. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I hope that you will join us again. Of course. That is it for me today, friends, here on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information what's up y'all janice torres here and i'm austin hankwitz we're the hosts of mind the business small business success stories a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's ruby studios and intuit quickbooks join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success from finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.